Good morning. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world. What a what a challenging yet exciting weekend. And I'm going to go through all that. I've got a lot of updates for you. Today's episode, by the way, will not follow the traditional flow. I'm going to switch it up a little bit because there's more I need to talk to you about as far as updates for the brand and the show. And then I got some things that happened over uh, YouTube I want to just share so you're aware. But let's go ahead and get the particulars out of the way on this windy day. First up, CryptoTalkRadio.net. There's a spoiler there. If you haven't been to CryptoTalkRadio.net, not sure what you're waiting for because I just published the new version of the site. I think it looks really, really good. It's still a work in progress. There's things I'm still adding, things I'm still tweaking, and I don't have ultimate control over. I mean, I do, but I'm trying to minimize how much time I spend on it. So bear with it. It's going to turn into a thing. I guarantee you we will get to the point that it's where I'm satisfied. But up front, it is going to have a couple of challenges in places. You might see things might be missing. For example, the accessibility page. It's on my map. I will have it moved over. Just bear with me. I'm going to be doing it over a process, and then there's a banner at the top that lets you know that things are still working. Once it's done, I'll update the banner with any status updates that you need to know. But I do encourage you to check out CryptoTalkRadio.net so you can see what the new site looks like. I personally think it's excellent. You can actually play the podcast directly from the site. So if you're one that just wants to play it from a website, don't want to worry about the software or any of that stuff, you can do that now. There is a subscribe widget at the bottom. It's at the bottom of the page now instead of at the top. But it performs the same function, but it's different. It comes from the new uh, messaging service that I was talking about. So if you already signed up through Substack before, you do not have to do it again. I've already got your email address, and I'm going to go ahead and set you up with a profile. If you like, you can go ahead and do it. The problem is that if you do that, it may throw stuff off. You may get duplicates, and I don't want that to happen. What you'll need to know, though, is if you're new to it and you're going to be subscribing for the first time, this is not the supporter feature, by the way. This is just to get the emails from the show about what's going on, notifications of new episodes. That's all that's for. So if you're new to all of that and you are just now getting into that, what you're going to want to know is when these come in, it's possible they may go to your spam folder. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. You're going to get some verifications like every other one. If you're in the United States, you may not be aware, but GDPR is a regulation that applies to people in the in the uh, European Union. However, because we can't know coming in who's hitting the site in advance, we can't just exclude or include. So everybody is subject to multiple verification steps on your email. That's something that I could turn off, but it opens up risk. And so the first thing it does, you'll put your email and your name in, it, and that adds you to our list for future notifications. It'll send you an email to verify your email. You'll need to verify your email and then you're good to go. Just know, deal with the pain. I know it's a pain, but we have to do that for regulatory reasons. So that's all set up. Site's all set up. If you want to check out the other parts of the site, feel free to. Everything else that's there, feel free to touch and play around and look around and get familiar with it. And again, if you want, you can even listen to the show directly from the site. It will always have the latest episodes that I publish pretty much same day within minutes of me updating it. So you might want to, if you already have a bookmark of it, your existing bookmark might, it should work, but you might need to clear your cache so that you see the new site. So if you don't know how to clear your cache, just do a search on a search engine about clearing your cache because I can't tell what browser you use. So it's different for each browser, but 
Clear your cache if you're not seeing a significantly different design. Trust me, it's obvious when you go there. Mind you that everything's changed. The artwork, we've done brand new artwork to better represent the, the show as a standalone brand. So it's it's still under the CTR brand, but Crypto Talk Radio is its own brand, its own show. And then we've got currently Basic Cryptonomics is the primary programming. And then as we add more programs, then those will just be added to the slot. Today, it's just Masterpiece. Or excuse me, uh, sorry, <laughs> Masterpiece. That's uh, Combat. Sorry, uh, Basic Cryptonomics. So that's all ready to go. Check it out. Play some audio. Just get familiar with it so you know. Then at the bottom lists all the different platforms that we're on. So if you're not subscribed to any platform and you want to be, you can choose any of the ones down there. And maybe there's one that you're familiar with. Or you can just go ahead and add it to your app. One point of caution. It appears like the host is having some issues, server-side issues right now. I've got a ticket in with them. So if, you, if it turns out that you try to play audio and you're not getting any audio, which ironically you would, probably wouldn't hear this if that were true, but I'm saying going forward, if you try to play audio and nothing happens, let us know at the comments deal. There's going to be a widget on the site that says contact at the top. Hit that and it gives you multiple ways to reach us. You can leave a voice message, which is cool, or you can send a message as a form or you can hit us on social media. Let us know if you're not getting the ability to play the audio. This would be through the app. Seems like everybody that's going through either the host, which is anchor.fm, or through our site, they're not affected. If you're going through Spotify, you're not affected. But I, I, I was testing it up early this morning. iTunes was having weird issues. And all the other ones that are not Spotify and not the host and not our site, those were the ones that were having some issues. I don't expect there's a lot of folks other than those, but Podcast Addict, for example, I know a lot of people come through that. It was affected. So just giving you the FYI, I tested as much as I could. If you run into issues playing the audio, just let us know um, and we'll add it to the ticket. But I think they're working on it, hopefully, to get that all resolved. Just again, in the short term, if you are having that issue, you can go to our site, CryptoTalkRadio.net, and you can play the audio from there. The There's a player at the bottom. So as you play whichever episode you can navigate through the rest of the site and it'll keep playing. I believe on Android, I'm pretty sure Android for sure. If you play it and then you go off the browser, go somewhere else, it should keep playing. I don't know about Apple though, because of course Android is cool. Now let's go ahead and get into the other internal updates real quick. And then we'll uh, talk about what else we're doing. So again, the move to the new host was completed uh, we did have, everything was smooth as far as the move, but we ran into some server issues, just ironically the same timing. That's being worked on with the provider to get that all taken care of so that we're back up and running. We're all updated as far as brand. Uh, we do have a couple of image changes we need to do now that we got new cover art. We've changed cover art across all of the podcasts in the network. So now we got cool, much cooler artwork that better represents what we're doing. So we're going to be doing all that. And then the triad memberships are up. So if you can go to CryptoTalkRadio.net, you can check that on the upper right. Click that and it'll show you the three different plans. You are free to sign up if you like to. I did add dates for certain things so you'll know when they're going to be available because not everything's immediately available. The vast majority is because the vast majority either already exists or is already in process. When, if, and when you sign up, by the way, if you were already subscribed on Substack to receive notifications your email's already in the system for Triad. You're just not on a plan. So when you go to that portal, it's going to prompt you for your email address. Put in the same email that you put in 
for your Substack for to subscribe to the show. Put in the same email address, and you can do the magic link. I'm pretty sure it should prompt you on the magic link. It's a button. And if you click that, it should then send you an email with a link to log into your specific space because you're already profiled in there. This should work. I haven't tested it because I'm not, obviously, I don't have access to your email. If you run into issues, just contact us in one of the forums. But go ahead, put your email in there, do the magic link. It'll log you straight in. Once you're inside, I've tweaked a couple of things, but you should see, and I can't see your side of it, but you should see. Under episodes, there's one post up there that does the Ask Me Anything. This is a temporary workaround for something else, but if you get that far, you're pretty much good to go. There's also a welcome message that should register your first name, but I don't have names for a lot of you, so it may be blank or have some weird code. That's because I don't have names. There's a profile entry. You can fill out the profile. I will have some part of the site built that gives you kind of step-by-steps on how to get around and what to pay attention to. The ones you're going to want to pay attention to up front is going to be the episodes feature for sure because that's where we're going to have anything that I submit, anything I share, anything I post is going to go under. I'm pretty sure for you guys it's under episodes. Later, there plans to be a dedicated AMA, but there's an issue with the the plans and the AMA. So I just put the AMA as an episode post because it's the same thing. You can go in there and you can leave a comment response to it. It's the same thing. So all that's in place. You have access to that now. If you want to create a membership, you are free to do so. Uh, and it'll get you all you're going to do if you because you're already in the system. If you're in the system already, there's a plans option on the bottom left. You're going to hit that and you can choose to basically reactivate, quote unquote, your subscription because it brings it in as deactivated. And I believe there's an option to reactivate and then you can choose what plan that you want and it'll prompt you for a credit card. And once you submit that, you're done, you're good to go, and then I'll get notified. Once I get notified, then you can go in, back in, because you'll already be in it, go back in, leave a response, let me know that you're good to go, and then we'll take it from there. And again, all of the content that's on the way will start just filtering in, and it's all going to be, everything that's under the triad is going to be in this new site. So you can feel free to bookmark that site for yourself because you once you get the plan set up, that's going to be the place you go for anything that's subscriber specific. And I want to stress that. Now, when you go in, it may nag you about a podcast link that it wants you to add to your podcast app. As I mentioned on the past episode, you don't have to do that. You can if you want to. You're not required to. I'm going to recommend that you don't. And here's why. Right now, I'm not doing dedicated audio. That's really for like, okay, I'm doing a dedicated set of episodes for people. I'm not doing that at this point. Might I do it in the future? Maybe. Then I would tell you, okay, use this and switch your feed. For now, just ignore these steps. So the first thing it may nag you about is, well, what kind of device do you have? And how do you want to do your podcast? I, I say you can ignore all that. Click on your little icon or your name or your letter at the upper right. Hit that, hit dashboard to get back to where it says basic cryptonomics. Click on that. It may nag you again. If it does, whether it does or doesn't, then on the left, you should be able to hit episodes and then you should be good to go. And it may nag you every time you log in. If you're tired of it nag- nagging you, you, you're free to go ahead and add the podcast link to your, to your deal if you want. You don't have to. So like you could even tell it, okay, I'm using say iOS and then it'll tell you, okay, here's how you would add it. And then say, okay, yeah, fine. And then it should stop nagging you. Just bear with it. Because um, again, it's built for 
dedicated like private podcasting, which I'm not doing. I don't plan to anyway. <laughs> Cause I don't I, I would rather give the audio to everybody. There's no reason for me to have a private podcast, but the tool was built around private podcasting and it's arguably the best in the community aspect that I wanted. So just bear with that annoyance, at least for now, until I can work with the vendor. They, they've they not had anybody like me that's trying to create a community out of it that doesn't care about the podcast part of it. We care about the community part of it. So I'm working with them, and they seem to be open to feedback. Just bear with it. It's a painful process up front. But eventually, I think it'll it'll click, and everything will be cool. And as, as we get used to it, all of us, because I have to get used to it too, I think it'll all get it'll all improve over time and we'll learn to embrace it. And mind you that it's an incremental step. There's going to be a loftier members area, but that one costs a lot of money that I really don't want to spend if I don't have to. And for what I'm offering right now, there's no reason to yet, but there will be a much more evolved member portal down the road. I just can't tell you exactly when. So, again, if you want to become a triad member, you are free to become a triad member. Um, by going into CryptoTalkRadio.net, clicking on the upper right where it says Triad Member, seeing the different membership tiers, you can click on Sign Up. After you click Sign Up, it's going to present you, it should present you with a login prompt, if I'm recalling. And then you can uh, put your email that you already subscribed in. If you were never subscribed on Substack, then it should just prompt you to create a login and password the first time. I believe that's how that works. So if, I, if you had never subscribed for any notifications, I think it, it wants you to create an account. If you were already subscribed for notifications, then you're going to formalize your account and go from there. Speaking of the notifications, we have the new notification engine set up. I tested that yesterday. We had one minor bug, but nothing that stops me from going forward. So today's episode should come to you, and I've got it currently built to send to you every evening because I can't, like with Substack right now, it sends you that email the moment I post it. This That's unique to Substack. Like That's the one thing that's cool about them because it's basically a blog is what it is. And we will keep it for certain things. But for what we need to do going forward here, this new tool doesn't offer the ability to do immediate sends. It can only do scheduled sends. I toyed with different times because the problem is I have a worldwide audience. I can't necessarily pick a time that's going to work for everybody, unfortunately, because of the different time zones. So I picked 8 p.m. Pacific, What and it'll convert on your own time. Just I, I mentioned on one of the earlier ones that you might end up getting that email like the day after, and maybe that's okay, because if you're added on your podcast app to have the podcast subscribed, you're going to get that alert through the push anyway. Or if you use, like, I think Podcast Addict even allows you to get notifications directly when things are uploaded. You can do those. That's an option as well. Or I'm going to have the instructions to subscribe to RSS on your browser. Um, if you use Outlook, you can subscribe to RSS through that. So there's multiple ways that you can subscribe to RSS and get notifications if the 8 p.m. isn't good enough for you. Unfortunately, it's the best I can do because sure, I tried to toy with getting Substack back in the mix. And it works, but there's a feature that I want <laughs> that's not working and it should. So I've got to take it out to them. Once that's resolved, I might switch back over to that. The downside of Substack is I lose control over the look and feel of it. I think when you see this one, it's a much better look and feel because I have show notes is going to be in the body of the email, which I couldn't do before. You're going to see a lot more in the email that actually looks like an official notification. I think it's just better presented than what Substack's doing. We'll work past it together. Mind you as well, this issue with me getting wanting a perfection on the notification, all of the different tools out there 
have the same problem, which is that none of them were built to work with podcasts. That's the key. Like I can do notifications all day long, but they don't, they're not built to work with podcasts correctly. They're all built to just send you an email like, okay, here's some coupons or whatever. And that's cool. But this, I need it to work like a podcast. It needs to look like a podcast, update you like a podcast. And there's a very specific look and feel that none of them really support. Even the high end, like $300 a month, ridiculous ones don't support what I want. And you can blame iTunes for this nonsense. But the what I have is 85% of the battle. I'm working with the vendor to see if we can get that at the 15%. So we're on deck with the notifications. You should get that this evening at 8 p.m. Pacific. Or again, if you're international, it may be tomorrow. So bear with that one. We'll work that one out. That one is going to, I'll play it by ear. I'll always be looking for a provider that can give a better experience. But I've checked so many of the best in the industry. None of them are built around podcasts. None of them do what I want them to do. Substack was the closest and even it's not exactly what I wanted. So we'll keep toying it. And one thing I may think about, there are other podcast platforms that are like larger. So you're thinking of the big ones. Libsyn is a big one. Um, and there are a couple other ones that, but Libsyn is the one that stands out Podbean. I've looked at those. They don't offer the audio upload edit, you know, modification experience I want. Whereas the current host, I've got all sorts of tools and tricks and cool things that I can mess with. So I'll play it by ear. We'll see what we end up with. But suffice it to say, I think we're in a good spot overall with what I've got. When you go to the site, I believe you'll agree. It's in a pretty good spot. Uh, last bit is my contact is trying to work with the con, uh, the client rather to get exped, expedite on what we're doing with my new endeavor that's happening next week. I haven't received the equipment I'm waiting for. So he's kind of hammering them to try to get things moving quicker. That doesn't affect you just so that you know that's still on deck as far as I can tell for next week, Monday to start the new endeavor. Then I'll need to just kind of tweak schedules to make things all work. So that's still there, but I don't have any actions I need to take at this time. Recording schedule is as normal. We don't have any guests that I can anticipate as of yet. However, the, and I'll get to this on the, ex, on the uh, external updates, but we've got a couple of people that are out there and I'm going to talk about one of them. So the influencers, they have kind of this forum. This was news to me, but they have this forum. I'm not a member of this because they don't consider me an influencer and that's okay. While it is true that I've had people that listen to the show tell me that they have openly been influenced in some way, and I appreciate that, truth is that this forum exists, and I don't know what's chatted in it, but I suspect that it's pretty much them getting together and chatting about different projects that they're going to provide coverage for so that, you know, because there's a pattern, or as Tim Bradley says, a pattern to common coverage across different projects and which projects get the most chatter. So there's a pattern on that. And then, of course, mine, I don't cover a lot of those. And I've said it's because if it gets a lot of chatter and a lot of social media, I'm less likely to cover it unless there's something strong, fundamental, or I think it's worth your time to watch it. Like it might even be sketchy, but I'll still call it out because I think it's worth your time at least to look at it because there might be something there. Right. But I'm I'm like different. Like some of the ones I've covered, none of the other ones are even talking about with the exception of. Uh, like Zach Humphreys, for example, he'll cover like Everrise. He's their quote brand ambassador. And so he's done coverage on Everrise pretty extensively, but that's targeted. Like nobody else has covered it to the same degree that he has. 
And he was covering it long before I started. And I only covered it the one time because there's a lot to it. And I figured so much other content's out there. So this forum's out there. And apparently Bleeves, who's been on the show before, was chatting with Ryan Patrick. And Ryan Patrick, of course, is most known. I said, I keep telling him he needs to start up an ASMR channel. He even has a support, supporter on his show. ASMR girl or ASMR chick or ASMR, you know, whatever that, you know, so I'm saying I'm listening to this guy's voice as he talks on the camera. He needs to be ASMR. He would make a killing at it. I always said that if I ever stopped doing the live recording, which I don't anticipate, but if I ever did, my calling would be to help be a promoter. Like you think Vince McMahon's a promoter on the WWE and Dana White's a promoter on the UFC and Bob Aaron's a promoter on boxing, right? A promoter, somebody who's going to help you get to the next level. That would be my next calling is to be a promoter for these various influencers because each and every one of them has a gimmick that I see. And I think they're leaving money on the table by not going full on with those gimmicks and creating dedicated shows around the gimmicks. Like I said, Believe should have a channel that is just him doing whatever coverage emulating other people, imitating other people because he's so dang good at it. Ryan Patrick, his ASMR, I'm telling you, if he created an ASMR channel, like Diddy has an ASMR channel, and I don't know why his voice is not any way appealing, certainly not, it's not going to put me to sleep, it's going to make me laugh at him, but Ryan Patrick, I'm telling you, man, what's up guys, this is Ryan Patrick back over here, I'm telling you, he's money on the table. They're having this chat, and Bleeze is breaking this down on one of his recent lives, but they're having this chat, and apparently Ryan is kind of, there's like this, I mentioned on one of the past episodes, I can't remember which, that there's kind of this extreme, extreme left or extreme right stance in cryptocurrency, and very little of the gray area. This was a good example, because Ryan was talking about well, does it make sense with pre-sales? You've heard me talk about pink sale and my beef with pink sales because it feels like they always are scams. And I get sketchy when I see a pre-sale of any kind because you're giving money and you don't have any assurance of a thing. All you have is vague promises about a KF KYC, KFC, KYC and an audit. <laughs> and you're giving all this money to someone. And then what happens? Like forever financial, right? So Ryan would say, well, maybe we shouldn't give all this money. We should not advocate for these projects that do this until they have a tangible product brought, that there's something that we're actively investing in, whereas Bleas is on the different side. He believes that, no, you should be able to basically do angel funding or crowdfunding to get the product because you don't have the product up front and you don't have the, the money up front. And I chimed in after the fact. I came in late and I just left the timestamp so people could read it. But I, they're both right. That's the thing. They're both correct. What Ryan's really resonating with isn't necessarily that there's a tangible product. It's the confidence that there's going to be a product. The confidence that this is going to be something. There are fundamentals, and that's what I want to talk about with today's episode. And it, I think it steams right into the tokens I'm going to talk about on the tail end. When I do my coverage, you've heard me say I'm looking for them to do what they told me. And so that's why I've done so much coverage on Libero to kind of help people out because they're the only ones of the profit-driven ones that have done what they told me. But there are other types of projects out there. Rich Quack. Rich Quack is arguably, uh, at this point, kind of a pump-and-dump type token. It's never going to get to the point of significant success. I shouldn't say never. It'll eventually get there in years based on the way it's built. But I cover Rich Quack, and there's nothing there. It doesn't do anything, right? Versus Everrise, which does everything. So there's this 
disparate treatment of cryptocurrency. And what I've done is I've pivoted my own portfolio thought process into fundamental utility. I want to see that it does something. And whatever it is that you say you do, I'm going to test you on it and make sure that you do what you say you're going to do. It, for me, it's that simple. With Titano, I purposely avoided it because they stole money from a whale. I purposely said, you stole money from a whale. You didn't do what you said you were going to do, which is allow people to get rich. So they lied, like they straight lied, and then they stole money from somebody, which means they could steal money from me. Then they released a V2, uh, renounced the contract, which is basically ducking risk or, or responsibility. You're not accepting responsibility for your actions by saying, no, we'll keep the ownership for now. We just need to do a better job engaging the community. We'll get on ever own so that the contract, if we do need to do that action, the community has to vote on it and we'll do what the community says. Like, if you think about it differently, I I didn't have a problem with the fact that they were stuck in this, stuck in the middle of you, right? I said, if you had gone on ever own, the community would have been empowered to tell you what to do, which is what I want. I want you to say, we are not the boss. You investors are our boss. So we're going to set it up to where you can control what we do when these things happen. Not, we're just going to duck the smoke, completely disregard any responsibility, renounce the contract so we can say, well, it's now deep, 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 which is what they're basically doing. That was my beef with Titano. It didn't have anything to do with the token. It was everything about the devs doing it wrong. Wrong. With Libero, they set up a DAO in the damn thing. Uh, they did. So I'm like, okay. They're showing that they want it to be treated as legitimate. They're showing and they're behaving like a business. At no point did I ever say Libero was legit. Anybody can timestamp. All my videos are on YouTube. All my podcasts are public and they're free. Anybody can go through all the copious amounts of coverage and it's hours of it. And I challenge anybody to stamp where I ever said Libero is legit because it was never about legitimacy in how I perceive them. I perceive them as I'm still testing you. They're still new. This thing launched January of this year. They're still new. So I'm still testing them. Everything's kicking the tires. Okay, so then I get to Seifu, not quite Seifu. I get to Seifu and everybody's only focused on the dollar amount. They're ignoring the fact that it launched pre-sale having no product. It had nothing. It launches from $10 a token, jumps unreasonably to $330 a token, craps down to $150 a token. That's cool if you were in early and you're in the crypto bubble, but if you bought in off FOMO off the green candle and you bought it at 200, you're wrecked and you're still wrecked and you've been wrecked for a long time. If you were in that tier, you feel like the SHIB people right now where you got to this and you're not getting back to the all-time high. I simply said that because it's ran by a guy who sounds like a car salesman who everybody tells me is rug pulled two projects and Cernic kicked the project out because of it, I can't trust this. And so it all circles back to, are you delivering what you told me you are going to deliver consistently? So far, very few projects have done that. Ryan's point about having a tangible something only makes sense. It doesn't make sense in the crypto space because crypto is kind of cart before the horse. You don't, you're not, very few projects are coming in with millions of dollars out the gate. Because if you already have millions of dollars, remember, crypto is a profit-driven thing. If you already have millions of dollars, you're probably not doing that type of thing. You're probably not going into crypto to start up a business because you could start up a business without cryptocurrency. 
You're into crypto for two reasons. You're, as far as a developer, you're doing it because you believe in a, a cause of some kind, or you're doing it to raise capital for something. If you're trying to raise capital, this is where Believes is going. It may be that you have a good idea and you're just trying to help fund the idea. I, they're both right, as in we don't want to throw money at tool, tokens that do nothing. They don't do anything. They don't do what they say they should be able to do. Unfortunately, that takes time. You, you have to kind of trust them up front. This is where Belize is going, that they're going to get to a point, which is why I am so adamant about a solid white paper. Because if a white paper is written correctly and done properly, it should tell you what they plan to do and how they plan to do it. It should tell you who's behind it. And they should have the credentials to back up the lofty goals that they're presenting to you. If you don't have a good white paper, and I don't mean a garbage get book, you can't hold them accountable to deliver what they say they're going to do. That's why they all should act like a business. That's why I'm so hard on these projects where it's a crap white paper or it's a garbage get book or it's all stuck in telescam because those don't give me confidence that they're actually serious about what they're saying. I actually had done an audio that's going to go up soon. I held off because I didn't want to trigger the, the diehards, but I did an analysis on Seifu as a follow-on to the first one I had done. Jeez, there's all sorts of red flags on this thing. I understand what they're trying to do, and apparently they delivered some of it, but what they delivered, eh, it's fine. Others have done that. What they're on deck to deliver, I'm skeptical they're going to pull it off, and some of it's too lofty, and they still haven't fixed the fundamentals that I think are issues. Will it succeed? I don't know. I'm not at a position to say. But Seifu is a great example where Ryan's stance doesn't make any sense. I'm not criticizing him. I'm saying in the eyes of an investor. Because Seifu, when it launched, had no project. It had no product, rather. It didn't have anything. There was nothing there to support the pump. Nothing. It didn't do anything other than be one of the early ones with an unrealistic APY that people FOMO'd off of. So by the logic Ryan's putting out, nobody should have invested in Seifu. Unfortunately, a lot of people did. And as a result, it triggers FOMO, and then people get trapped at a higher tier, and it's nowhere near all-time high. If we go on a bull run, the weird thing I saw on Seifu is that its price was starting to go down as we got back into the green. This would then confirm where I said that with Libero, they pay you when the price goes down and the BUSD APR goes up. And so you get paid more money. It basically just throws it at you because it's trying to help your basis. With Seifu, it dumps it into the project. It just keeps buying and buying and buying and buying to try to stabilize the value. Well, if you have an extended bear period, as we just had, now that that's pressure. There's pressure that's happening where the price is going the opposite direction that you would expect because it was in the bear for so long. Imagine if we had a bear period that's like three months long. If it's draining its own resources, if it's basically squeezing its own turnip, to use a term, I don't know what that means for the price. I know that Seifu was going trending down to 140 some odd when I last looked at it. It might recover. Point is, it didn't do anything. Even now, it doesn't truly do anything. And they're talking about creating a blockchain and they're talking about losing the unrealistic APY, which is going to completely negate any of the price benefit it does have. So they're already stripping away the benefits. You heard me when I talked about Paratoken. When you strip away benefits, that's to me unforgivable. And I certainly wouldn't support it if that's the case. But as they're having this conversation, 
I, it got me thinking I wanted to repeat to you guys. This is why I am so adamant about a solid website that has good information that's kept up to date about what you're doing, roadmap with dates you can hold them accountable for, a white paper that's crystal clear and follows the rubric ideally, not forcing it to tell a scam, and we see that they're delivering on what they say they're going to do. And if you can't deliver what you say you're going to do, maybe you need to change your vision. That's what was hit inside of Saitama because they were too lofty with what they were doing. Did they deliver something? Sure, but think about what they promised to deliver. And the naysayers would say, well, it's coming. It's coming in the future. Give us some time. It's not quite there yet. Give us some time. I got you. The problem is that ultimately they made promises prior to the failed November 13th event and didn't deliver, and it harmed investor sentiment, and the tokens never recovered. Same thing happened with SHIB and Shibarium. Same thing happened with Floki. Same thing has happened with Kiba recently. When you take away and you don't deliver... That's when investor sentiment is harmed. The problem is, if you didn't know up front because you didn't hold them accountable, how can you know that it's you're basically just giving money to these guys? And I said, you heard me, I don't like to reward incompetence. I reward ones that are doing what they told me. They're the ones that get my money now. I'm different in how I trade that. And it was inspired mostly by Mr. Sagala, who said, you know, if I had to do it over again, I would not have just jumped into every meme token I saw. I would look for ones that are actually delivering on things. If you look at EverRise alone, EverRise is delivering. They were building, 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 building before anybody really knew who they were. If you look at Parabolic, which I've talked about, and I'm going to get to this in a second. Parabolic, they were working on the game. They purposely didn't market the token until the game was released. Now, they've done some things I don't really agree with, but it's their project. They can do whatever they're going to do. Point is, is that they didn't focus on the shilling. They focused on building a utility, building it to do something. Shirio has a utility. I only said that its utility only focuses and benefits one core segment of the audience that is fractional compared to the larger crypto community. In summary, what Ryan was saying, what Bleeze was saying, they're both correct. In a perfect world, we would not enrich tokens that can't, we know for a fact, looking at what they're doing, there's no way they can deliver on what they're saying. That Those are the ones we should not enrich. And what tends to happen is the FOMO effect instead of the fundamental of the review to say, can you deliver on what you're talking about? Let me use ETHJETS as a great example. ETHJETS is a project headed by a pilot. This is a person that understands, number one, not just flying planes, but also the industry, the, the industry around jets and planes. So when I see Seifu talking about SAD, which I got a chuckle out of, and their intents to try to get passenger flights international, I'm laughing at this because I know how difficult it is just to set up the private side, much less the passenger side. So now, do I choose between these dudes over here who have no flight experience whatsoever to run a passenger flight and potentially end up like MH370? Or do I simply look at this other one who's an actual pilot flying planes himself that understands the industry and how it works? To me, the lo it's logical. It's sensible. So now when I'm measuring it and I'm evaluating to say, what's the likelihood this is going to succeed? Credibility, experience, actually doing this thing. That's where you're going to get. It's why I said it doesn't matter how many followers somebody has. It doesn't matter how many subscribers somebody has. It doesn't matter how many people they got on Instagram or Telescam. None of it matters. 
Messaging matters. How credible is the messaging? Can you verify the messaging against known sources? And how credible do they freaking sound? The documentation. How studious are they with their documentation? Continuous improvement. Do you see that they're constantly stepping up their game? If I look at Libero and everything that they're doing, and I'm sorry to pick on them, but it's not close. They're constantly trying to rethink something else. However, there's levels too. Everrise is way above Libero in terms of utility because they were just building and building and building and theirs isn't solely focused on profit, which gives them more flexibility. That's who I'm looking at. Who's stepping up? Who's raising the bar? Not just one who's got a green candle. I'm done with that. I've been done with that. I'll still talk about them. And if I see that there's something there that it's okay, you're telling me you're profit driven, I'll call it out. But only when I see it's worth the time for one reason or another. They got to have the core fundamentals. They got to have a good website. They can't be stuck in telescam. They've got to have a good white paper. Ideally, I would see names and faces. Because my job, in my opinion, self-imposed, is to try to help protect you. I can't ethically wake up and say, I'm going to just shill you some pump and dump something that I know is going to fail. Which gets me to my next point. Phantom Project. On YouTube, I don't think I covered it on the main podcast, but on YouTube, I did a swag. And for those on the podcast may not be, know what that is. Swag is a high-level overview. It doesn't go deep in. It's just at a glance, what do I see about this project? So that's a swag that's on YouTube on our YouTube channel. We do. I've done a number of swags so far because it seems like it's an easier way to get like 10 minutes in and out. Just take a look at it. I did a swag on this phantom project business because it was jumping in social media. And I ultimately said, I think it's going to follow a pump and dump when it launches. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain what they're talking about because I think they're tackling the wrong problem, which is it wants to try to create social media or a replacement for social media using blockchain technology. It sounds good. I just don't think, number one, they can. And number two, I don't think anybody wants that. I think what people want, and the timing is unfortunate, because if they had done this before Truth Social launched, I think they might have had hooked people. The problem is Truth Social came out, it failed. Because it failed, we knew that it's not about replacing Twitter, it's about fixing Twitter, because Elon has been very successful in getting hype, demand, saying, wow, we can finally fix this. Nobody wants to replace what they already are comfortable with. We know that. That's 101. So now look at Meta, right? Facebook, quote unquote. Nobody wants this Meta crap. Nobody cares. That's why Facebook hasn't changed the domains. They understand that Facebook is a brand. It is what it is. And you can't just swap and replace. It's not going to work. So this Phantom Project, I'm looking at it. I'm seeing what they're trying to do. It might have sounded good before True Social was ever a thing. I think it was too late because they did it right off the heels of Elon Musk buying Twitter saying or alluding to fixing it. Now the hype has already gone. Like if you envision a crowd of people, the hype has already moved over here to this girl who just took a bra off. And here you are saying, we're here, we got a store open, deep, 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 and nobody cares about you now because you're too late. You might have been good at a time prior to that girl taking her bra off. He's he's got the hype. So I already knew that it wasn't it wasn't gonna sustain, even if it was a week or two weeks. It didn't even last that long. It pretty much tanked fresh out the gate. But it followed what I said, which was it's gonna be a pump and dump. And I shared that out on social media, and nobody believed me. And the thing is, I I can see these things. I can see them because first it starts with, and this is my 
educational bit for you. It starts with what problem are you trying to solve with this thing? What are you trying to do? What are you promising that you're going to be able to do? It's not just about whether you can, it's about whether you should. Let's quote Jurassic Park. If you're trying to do something that we know you're not equipped or credible or certified or anything to do, I'm going to call it out. If it looks like it's something that you could do, but it's solving the wrong problem, I'm going to call it out. If it looks like it's already been solved 10 times over, I'm going to call it out, right? Because I already know the struggle you're going to deal with. Like, imagine somebody trying to create the next Amazon. You're never going to be able to do it because Amazon had the right time in evolution of technology. Amazon started as a bookstore, only books, and it was competing with the Barnes and Nobles and the B. Daltons of the world. Both of them were physical bookstores, primarily. They had an online presence. They didn't have really strong e-commerce presence. Amazon shifted that into an e-commerce world. Who was most to benefit from that shift? College students. Okay, now you don't have to worry about going to the bookstore. You can go to the library still. They're still around. But most people want to own books. Most people want to purchase books. You do book signings at stores, certainly. But now when you want to get access to the book and you get these discounts, now it's appealing to a bunch of people. Amazon then starts inroads into other products. They basically just diversify, 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 diversify until they get to the point they realize we have to do our own logistics. We got to control the shipping at the point, you know, the customer to our hub. We got to control that last mile because if we can't control the last mile, we're relying on the USPS, who knows what could happen. So they take it in. They do own logistics. Then what do they do? They contract out part of that. They pay regular people to deliver their packages for them, which saves them on salary costs. Do you understand? Amazon was always changing the game. They were always evolving something. They were always tweaking and changing something. And to be fair, trying and failing different things. But remember, Amazon came in with a major nest egg, which allowed them to try and play around. These people in crypto that are trying these, talking about these projects, they're not coming with major nest eggs. They're coming with maybe a couple thousand dollars and they're hoping off a pre-sale that everybody else will believe in what they're talking about and some fancy imagery. And that's why I try to get you guys not to fall for because it's easy to fall for it, to get tempted by, I just covered this on MetaCloud. It's like, yeah, it looks cool, but anybody could do this on a computer. I don't know that there is or isn't anything there. OpenStream World, that's another one. I'm looking at this. It looks cool, but I'm not sure you're going to pull this off. And then they screwed people on the pre-sale and basically stole their money. And then the project tanked and never recovered. Crypto Vault. I think Crypto Vault is an amazing project in what they have, you know, that they're trying to build. We don't have full tangibles yet, but we have some progress towards it. They were making projects progress towards it. The problem is Crypto Vault went to Schiller's first. They didn't build fundamentals and go on platforms like mine that are neutral to help them expose the project. It's different. If you went after the Schiller because you're not going after the Schiller first means you don't believe in yourself. Think about it. It means you need somebody else to help you sell a thing. You don't believe in yourself. That's why I don't support doing that. I support like any real business because real businesses don't go to telescam and don't chase Schillers the way that we see here. They don't do that. Uh, Square, Stripe, any of these other companies, they don't chase Schillers. They don't need to. They do real advertising. They build products that self-attract. 
real businesses. That's what crypto lacks. And that's what I've been trying to help steer you towards without encouraging to buy or not buy. I just try to point you at ones that look like they're doing real things. But I sprinkle in every now and then the ones where I, I want you to look at it to see if you agree that it looks like crap so you can see the other side of it. Because that contrast is what helps you make informed decisions. I'm trying to teach you how to fish. If you never, if you're always dealing with a shiller who just points you at projects to buy into, you never get the other side. And that's not fair. It's actually unethical in some, some of them. It's unethical. I want you to see both sides. I want you to see the garbage ones. There won't be a lot of them, but every now and then I'll sprinkle in a garbage one. I think it's absolute crap. And then the ones I think are decent, good, but I still want you to look at it. And then the ones I think are excellent, like Everrise. I want you to have a diverse set so you can contrast, compare, and say, I see the clear difference between these two. It's obvious this why this one's crap and why this one's good. That's what I'm trying to help you guys learn and understand. And at some point, you'll create your own model for how you evaluate projects based on your own portfolio and your own strategy. Once we get there, you'll have all the power in the world. The shiller will never have any effect over you or influence over you because you'll know off a glance just like that. You know what? That one's crap. I'm not going to go there. Or that one's good. Or that one looks good, but it's going to pump and dump. You'll be able to identify those fresh off scratch. So let me wrap this up real quick and go down a list of certain projects that are in the limelight. And these are not coverages. I'm just going to cover them because I have to get back on the web now that I've got it launched for you guys. I have to get back on that and fine tune a couple things. But let's go through some projects. Libero. Libero's gotten much more attention now thanks to my coverage. And they turns out they were featuring my coverage on their site, even though they're not shill. Like, you listen to any of mine, they're not shill. I'm calling both sides of it. And I call out criticisms, and they post it. Do you see what, Like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to welcome criticism. Ideally, they would make changes, which I'm trying to work with them on. With, with Libero, I had somebody in the community reach out, and they wanted me to create the image that I offered on the web. Because I said their devs should pay me if they want the image. I'm happy to do it for how Libero works and the bank and all the other things. Because... Multiple of their community have come out and said, you know, the devs just suck at being able to explain this, but yours helps people understand really what this thing is doing. Yes, because I'm looking at it start to finish and it's obvious what they're trying to do. And I already saw that they suck at explaining it as many projects do, which is why I want the projects that want to smoke and talk to me so I can help be that translator for them. And I've not been successful outside of Dior Token, who didn't need my help and EatJets, who didn't need my help. So I'd love to have the ones on the show so I can help them do the same thing. I'd love to have Libra on the show so I can help them translate A to B. But I also have hard questions for them about their naming, about the networks, about the growth, about the everything. I have hard questions and I'd like to talk to them. They are not talking to me. If anybody that's in the community is listening to my show, figure out how to get them on the show. I don't charge for them to just come talk to me. <laughs> get them on the show. We have a button. It's going to be added to the new site for them to request, but for right now, they can just fill out the comments form and I'll respond to it. And we can get them on the show. They will need to come on video. I, I'm not going to their telescam. I know some people have said, oh, go to their AMA. I'm not going to their telescam because that's a safe space. That allows them to mute and filter and block. And then you got a bunch of people chatting and they can interrupt all they care to. And it's unstructured. It's not clean. There's no video. No, they will come to my show and my structure so that they don't have control over what I ask, when, why, or how. That's how this works. 
That's wanting to smoke. I'm not going to them. That's not the way it works. I'm the host. They're the guest. So get them on the show. If anybody's listening that's in that community, get them on the show. I would love to talk to them. I would love to help them. I think I can help them with no shill. I don't need to. I think the project's strong enough. They're missing that 20%, which is communication. They suck at it, frankly, and I want to help. So Libro's out there. Titano, they launched their V2. I took a high-pass look at it. I am going to do a deeper coverage of it. The reason I avoided it, recently somebody in the Titano community, and I covered this in deep on YouTube if you want to hear it, somebody in their community bought fake shares to basically spam a, a scam site for Libro to kind of hate on Libro, and I, I blasted them on YouTube. Check it out if you want to. Because that happened, I held off on covering Titano because if it was the devs that did it, and I don't know if it was the devs or the community, I know it was one of the two because the Titano barcode was at the last step of it. So somebody was trying to steer people to Titano after stealing their money, which I find unacceptable. So I've not covered it, even though the V2 did launch. I had done initial coverage, and I've, I've held off doing extended coverage because of that garbage that they did. At this point, I'll wait till Libera launches, gets kind of settled. I'll do a past coverage on Libera. If the Titano team calms the heck down and stops playing these high school games, as one of my listeners said, then I'm happy to go back and look at Titano later. I did a high-pass coverage on Seifu. That's going to go on YouTube. I'm going to let the dust settle a little bit because I had a couple of diehards that actually are fans, but they admit they're diehards. And they, they've said people in their community are, quote, comics. They're basically, you know, whatever. So that's out there. Um, Parabolic. I covered Parabolic. I'm going to do a follow-on on Parabolic. Again, they introduced a couple of changes I was not a fan of. I understand what they're doing, but I think they're making the same mistakes as ID, A-I-D-I. And ID is on my hit list with an S because they're focused on the verse token instead of the ID token. Even though they call the ID token the, the primary, they released the verse token on Everswap. So they're focusing all their energy on the verse token. The, the reason that I'm beefing on this is because it's the same mistakes that the SHIB did, team did. Because you got SHIB that's the primary token, but they were focusing on Leash because that's the high price one. And then they're ignoring the SHIB folks, ignoring the Bone folks. ID's doing the same thing. They basically, for those that don't know what happened there, they gave all of the, at, in the past, they gave all the liquidity. This is prior to Verse ever existing. They gave all the ID liquidity to the idiot Vitalik, who then sold it. So he basically rug pulled it and it's never recovered because of that piss poor decision, which I called him out on straight up. They said they were focusing on ID for the Binance Smart Chain. They never have. Turns out they never created the bridge, or if they did, they didn't do it correctly because they said, well, arbitrage will cause the ETH and the Binance will to match. They don't match. So you'd have to buy into ETH in order to make it make sense. And recently, gas fees started spiking over $1,000 because of some NFT minting garbage that was happening. So if you were trying to do anything on the Ethereum chain and you saw outrageous gas, it was because of whatever this NFT minting crap was, which is why I don't really rate NFTs because it they're just so easy to bring a network down, which brings me to my other point. With my NFT channel, I'm going to reach out to the guest I talked about. Now that I got everything kind of settled on the new host, I'm going to reach out to my guest, try to see if I can get her on. That will happen. That will be, if I get uh, triad members by that time, you'll be able to uh, dial in and watch that one because that'll, that'll be a video one and I'll let her know because <laughs> I, I want to make sure that you know she's ready for the video. So I will 
reach out to her, see if we can get that scheduled. There may be some delay in that one. Um, that's probably going to be sometime in the later part of May, if not June, that I'm going to do that. But I'm just letting you know now because she is in NFTs much deeper than I ever have been. And I want to have her on the show to kind of talk about her projects, number one, but also NFTs at a whole, where we think we're going, that kind of stuff. I think that's good, interesting chat to have. So I'm looking into that one and I'll get that booked and scheduled on deck. So Tom was in the crapper and it's in the crapper primarily because of a loss of sentiment. We don't expect that it's going to recover anytime soon. However, there's chatter, and it's only chatter, that the Satama team has fixed its dev group to fix Cytomask, uh, get things working the way it's supposed to. Apparently, you can swap on multiple tokens, but they're doing things like other languages and other things that, like, these should have been day one things regardless. But apparently, they're, they're investing back into the dev team to get some solid... I haven't seen as much nonsense from the cult leaders. So that's good. There's less chatter about cult mentality, rust we trust nonsense. That's good. At some point, apparently, I'm going off what I was told. Apparently, Henoch, which was like the biggest shill on the Satama side, stopped doing it because he lost a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> that's where he went Kanye that one time, I believe. So he's kind of moved on to other projects. So now people are pissed off at him because they really think that the loss of him hurt the project when the truth is the devs screwing up is what harmed that project. So it's in the crapper. I suspect that Satama at some point, if they don't do a V and I, I asked Blees about this, cause I mentioned this before, apparently it Satama. I was told that Satama was a V2 already. He seems to think it was a V1 regardless. It seems like we're at the point where they may need to do a version of migration to a new, I think it'll be hard for them now. Not impossible, but hard just because it's on so many exchanges now. It's all over the place now, and they kind of built everything into Cytomask around it, and I'm not confident that they built Cytomask to be modular where you could unplug and plug in their own core token because that token is used as gas in there to some degree. So I don't know what that means. So if it turns into a migration, I don't, you know, if they do a migration, they have to cut the supply. That's not a bad thing necessarily because <laughs> I do think it has too high a supply for the loss of growth that it's had. The downside is that it's lost so much sentiment. I'm not sure that like right now there's over 300,000 holders, but the vast majority of those are likely dust wallets, not real people interested. So I'm doubtful they'd be able to pull off something that would keep the momentum. So Believe seems to think that the best avenue, if he were in front of it, would be to get Cytomass to a working state. I, I take a different stance. To me, I if I were, <laughs> if let's say I were brought in, the, the community said, you know what, we've listened to your show, Leister, and we want you to come in here and tell us what we need to do to fix this crap. First thing I'd do is is fire us. I wouldn't fire him from the from the org. I'd say you're fired from your position, and we'll relegate you to something else. I don't know what else, but we'll relegate you to something else. Like maybe we'll relegate you to like auto detailing. So when we do these Lambo giveaways, you could be the one that details and shines it up. Remember like Back to the Future, uh, was Back to the Future 3 at the end where Biff is buffing off the truck for, for Marty? That's why I'd have Russ doing is you buff off the Lambo if whoever gets it off this thing over here. But ultimately get him out of position. That's number one I'd do. <laughs> so that's the first thing I'd do. Second, I would not focus on Cytomask, not to a heavy degree. I would focus on exchanges. I would go 100% throttle on exchanges. Now is the right time to do it. I'd be all over that. I'd be 
no matter which exchange there are, I'd go after every single freaking exchange I can possibly find. The next thing I would do is I would figure out how we rebrand it. I understand Satama, but I think if we're going to go keep Satama, I'd figure out how to partner with the Satama Arena out in Japan. Because I think if you do that, that's going to naturally inspire, you know, inspire people to buy in just because there's an alignment there, just like with Crypto.com Arena out here. That's that's one way. Or I'd say, let's figure out how to drop the Satama and get a more serious name that's more, you know, because like you think Everize, that's a serious non-crypto bubble name. I, I would want to get away from a meme logo and a meme name into something else. I don't know what that something else is at this point because I'm not in there. But that's what I would do is kind of fix it from the ground up. Let's We don't have to start over, but I would fix it from the ground up. I would not do a migration yet until we toy with the brand and see what we come up with. If it turns out that, you know, that we can do the partnership with Japan, I'd go that route, keep going at the exchanges. I would spin up a second token whose sole purpose in life is to support anybody who holds the first. And I don't know the mechanics of what that means, but my point is, I think, let's say, for example, Satama is just used for Cytomask and nothing else. And, you know, exchanges, whatever. It's used Cytomask and nothing else. I would then have this other token purposely with a constrained inventory, not a rebase, maybe just a regular constrained inventory, kind of like the equivalent of bone, but done better. So I would use it kind of like a governance. I would build a true DAO around it. Anybody that holds it, that DAO has authority over what Satama LLC does going forward. So this other, I wouldn't do it around the Satama token though. I do it around this other token that's purposely built for governance. And, it's, and that's in support of the Satama token. Then I would identify key people in the DAO, not by hold, not by token number, but by ideas. So this is ideation I'm talking about. We would say we're going to create a dashboard and we're going to collect ideas from the community. And the ideas are in story form if you know IT. You know, as an investor, I want to see this because of this. Like story form that says, okay, we're going to present all these different ideas to the community at whole, whether you're a DAO holder or not. This is a time of holders. We're going to have them vote on it using their wallets as the vote measure. One wallet, one vote. We're going to collect the votes, and then whoever gets the most popular in the voting, we're going to implement those changes under the DAO's authority, and Satama LLC cannot say no. You will do what we tell you to do. In other words, what I'm saying, folks, is if I were able to, I would put Russ on buffing the Lambo duty, and I would build a DAO around a second token that has a constrained inventory, and I would build a voting structure around ideation, and I would have the Satama holders vote on the ideas that the DAO submitted and the DAO has authority over LLC to do what they say. Even if that means fire Max and that's what they say, then Max is out of there, period, point blank. He's gone. If, that, if that's what they say, that's what it is. Why, and I know it sounds extreme, but you got to understand where Satama was and where it is now. It's, it's not beyond repair but as long as he's in charge, I said it before, I can't see success for them. And I think DAO and community, giving power to the community to force them to understand that the investors are their boss is the only way you can restore the sentiment and trust that you have lost. That's my opinion. If I were 
in that empowerment in the community said, Leister, we love your ideas. Can you help us fix our freaking project? That's what I would do in order. So if you like what I just said, you go and tell that to the community, see what you get. You'll probably get a bunch of people that think I'm nuts. But that's because they've been conditioned to think that what I'm suggesting can't happen. It can, but you got to force it to happen. So that's Atama. SHIB, everybody knows how I feel about SHIB. I don't, they released the burn portal. I saw the burn portal. <laughs> they burn billions of tokens and people are cheering. And I go back to my, I, on YouTube, I did a video and it'll be on the subscriber portal as well, on the triad. I did a video about SHIB and it's like, we're talking trillions of tokens here. You'd have to burn one trillion a day to get through it in three years. So there's billions of tokens. You're still going to be sitting there forever. It's not solving the problem. But the devs can't do anything. They're stuck. And they don't know what to do from here. That's my feelings on the SHIB. I'm not giving up on them. I just think that they they made the wrong decisions at the wrong time. And it's burning them now because so many other tokens are showing up with much better tokenomics that are much more appealing to people. And I don't know where they go from here. So I'm not going to bash on them, beat on them, whatever the heck. I just said, you know, I don't <laughs> I don't agree with your Shibarium strategy. I don't know who thought this was a good idea. I don't know where you go from here. But I'll tell you straight to your face, this is not the right answer. And I'm known on Reddit for that community. I straight said, you guys are fine, but you got to hold the course and just keep doing what you're doing and you'll be okay. And instead of doing the simple thing, they just said, you know what, screw it. We're just going to go ahead and do this. Do, do, do. And then, of course... The token's been struggling ever since. And I don't know why that, why for some person, this felt like the right answer. I don't have that answer. I don't know where we go from here with SHIB. I suspect at some point in a distant future state, it'll end up being something. But who knows? It might actually crap out and crash and burn. For all I know, I have no answers on that one. I already talked about ID. I'm going to wrap up with Paratoken, which I, again, I had sold all my bags. So I'm not a bag holder of Paratoken. But I'm going to wrap up on Paratoken, and the reason I'm wrapping on Paratoken is that Paratoken is very similar in its struggle as what you see with Satama and as what you see with SHIB, but for a different reason. Paratoken, way back when I was a holder, the, the thing I had with Paratoken and the thing that was getting me, I my beef with them always was around the fact that it seemed like the leader, Lee, didn't know what he was doing, in over his head. He's making the wrong decisions. I tried to get him on the show so I could help them. And despite my every effort to try to help them, it was all for naught, and there was never any desire from him to come on the show. I also said that focusing on dancing dogs was not going to get appeal from the mainstream, and I was trying to get them to focus on the mainstream. They didn't want to focus on the mainstream. That's fine. It's their project. But I said it before, as an investor, I'm not going to give my money to incompetence. I ethically cannot. It doesn't feel right. I suspect at some point, I said also, I suspect at some point Paratoken will recover and it may even thrive at some point in a distant future. But right now you had other projects that felt like they were doing a better job at succeeding long term. Right now, Paratoken is still in a struggle state and has been in a struggle state since this third launch. I'm pretty sure it's the third one has been in a struggle state. It has minor jumps, but nothing major. They've managed to increase the holder count ever slightly, 
but they haven't been able to get to a significant degree. Now, there's a lot of money still in Paratoken. So it's not like they're broke or insolvent or any of that stuff. They're just, they don't have the volume. They don't have enough interest in the project. The frustration with tokens like this one and Satama is all about investor sentiment. And I get really pissed off when I see more and more tokens that suck at investor sentiment because it should be the easiest thing to manage, the easiest thing to cultivate, the easiest thing to modify. If you get get it wrong, stop doing what makes it wrong. And I simply think that focusing on NFTs is not going to get you the right answer when you already are sitting on gold. That's where I wanted to spin my messaging over to Shinja, Shibnobi. Shibnobis have major issues. If you heard my Shibnobi coverage from a while ago, I was highly critical of the Shibnobi team because I think that they're frank, frankly incompetent, quite honestly arrogant. Uh, I don't. I think they're in over their heads. This came to surface recently when they suffered when they were releasing what they call their dojo swap, and it ended up rug pulling a couple of projects. The head guy, his name's Cliff. I ran him through the ringer on the YouTube channel, and I've never thought very highly of him. I've invited him on the show. He doesn't respond. He's very dismissive. He'll go on Wealthyverse, which is Mr. Burt. He'll go on his all day long. And Mr. Burt, I argue, uh, you know, I don't rate him, but he'll go on that one but won't come on mine to try to help him understand that their process and what they were doing was going to set them up for failure and it felt like they need to make big changes. This recent rug pull hurt the shift token, which I never did coverage on. And now there's a question of, is shift token shifty? I don't have that answer. My point is, is that we're now seeing a lot of these tokens, their toxicity is starting to infect other tokens that might actually be credible and legit. And that's sad. That's bad. I don't like seeing it. And I, my whole platform has been dedicated to trying to help projects avoid it and make smart decisions so that we can be successful, but run them as a business. And despite my every effort, I've been unable to get many of the tokens to simply get rid of the ego Stop taking stuff personally. Stop getting triggered. Come on the show. Take hard questions that you may not like, frankly, but they're designed to help you grow and make your investor pool stronger. If anybody questions whether or not I've got the chops, they should go to my YouTube and see all my copious coverage about liberal financial and then come back and tell me if I got it wrong because I'm pretty darn good at doing high level analysis, investor level analysis sprinkling in some of my experience to it. But at the end of the day, I'm an investor who's looking for certain fundamentals. I'm not a FOMO. I never will be. I look for certain fundamentals to be there. And if they're not there, I'm going to call you out on it. And I expect you to fix it. So that's my impassioned plea to anybody who's in a project that looks like they're struggling. Please implore your projects to talk to me. And if you don't believe that I've got the, I've got this down, I can point you to my liberal coverage, my forever financial coverage, my various safe food point coverages, any of the coverages I've done on YouTube about any of the projects that I reviewed, I challenge you to go take a look at those because that is my resume of how I can evaluate tokens. If you question how I question directly projects, you can check our EthJets coverage, the whole audio is on the podcast. We also have snippets on YouTube. That's my resume. That's my credentials of why I believe I can help these projects but I need you guys' help. If you're in these and they're suffering, have them talk to me. 
I'd like to help them if they're serious and they want to succeed long term. I may be able to help them. The worst thing that can happen is nothing. But chances are, if we do it correctly and they want the smoke, I think that their investors would appreciate it too. That's my gut. Anyway, that's what I got for you here today. Thank you. And thank you for being a listener today. Check out the site, CryptoTalkRadio.net. I think you'll be better impressed with what we've got. It's still a work in progress. I'm working on all the five points, but it's at the point of usable. You can click around. You can do the triad if you want to. Anybody that chooses to be a triad member, I would appreciate uh, letting me know inside the portal that you're already in and you're good to go and you can see everything you need to. And feel free to use the Ask Me Anything. I'll have it live on the show. The first live event for the listen-in for the Radiance members will be as soon as I get at least one Radiance member signed up. So once that happens, I'll go live on Riverside FM. We already got the studio ready to go. And I look forward to meeting you guys. I'll check in with you guys on Thursday. Take care. Watch out for the red candles. I won't leave you behind, I promise you.